0: Part 1. Chapter 1. The Beginning. My life began on my wedding day. At twenty-three years of age, with the love of my life beside me, I embraced the future. Having survived a lonely childhood bankrupt of love and closeness, I repressed painful memories. The past was the past, relegated to the long ago and forgotten. I faced it and defied it to follow me long ago would not corrupt my now or my tomorrow. A new beginning would steal against menaces from the past. It would protect us from the shadows of my past. Or would it? Pierre and I were married in July of 1968 in Savannah, Georgia, at the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist. I imagined soft candlelight caressing the recesses of the beautiful old church, but the church manager explained that it would take too many candles at too great a cost. But as providence would have it, the day dawned hot and got hotter. By noon, the temperature registered a record-breaking 105 degrees. Air conditioners ran full blast and by late afternoon a citywide power outage put an end to that. I had my candlelight ceremony. Standing in the back of the dimly lit church, I savored the fragrance of candle wax. I felt like a princess. Looking ahead, instead of an aisle stretching to an altar, I saw a direct path to happiness. I took a step and proceeded. Before I knew it, I was on the arm of my Prince Charming. Looking up at Pierre, I saw the near panic in his pleading eyes, all his misery crying out from a sweat-drenched face, ''Let me out of this place and these clothes!'' My Prince was melting. It was hot! he would have traded all the candles in the world for air conditioning. Before a complete meltdown, the ceremony ended. We didn't dally for long at the reception because of the heat and our eagerness to get away. It wasn't until Pierre and I stepped into our air-conditioned car and closed the doors that the ghost-filled balloon resting on my chest lifted and the burdensome weight drifted out the window. In the rear-view mirror I watched it fade as the distance between my mother, my family, bad memories, the city and me got wider and wider. For the first time in a very long time, I inhaled deeply. I was free. I'd been waiting for this moment for 23 years. And best of all, my prince was smiling. We were off to an auspicious start. After a short honeymoon through the Smoky Mountains and on to New York City, we set up housekeeping in Atlanta, where Pierre was starting his third year of medical school at Emory University. I had finished nursing school at St. Joseph's Hospital in Savannah, where, for two years after graduation, I worked in the hospital's first intensive care unit. Those two years I lived in an apartment next door to, and owned by, Pierre's parents. When I took my first month's rent check to Pierre's mother, she refused to take it. "'You're soon to be my daughter. I can't accept this.' Such kindness felt like water to a thirsty traveler. I had found an oasis. In Atlanta, I worked in the recovery room at Eggleston Children's Hospital. After a year of a punishing call schedule, I went to work at the Fulton County Health Department. Public health nurses performed not only the work of a nurse but also that of a social worker. This was quite a change for me and it gave me a whole new perspective. My first day in the field shocked my white middle-class self. I was assigned the poorest area in downtown Atlanta. As I got out of my warm car, wearing a heavy coat and boots, I was stunned to see little children running around without shoes and coats on this very cold day. The juxtaposition of that scene and the crowded, run-down shacks cooling in the shadow of the gold dome of the State Capitol lingers with me to this day. Even though the Health Department was across the street from Grady Memorial Hospital, where Pierre was doing a general medical internship, I never saw him because of his busier-than-busy schedule. That was the first of several grueling years of long days and nights for him, with little or no sleep and constant stress. Before those pressure-cooker days, Pierre would come home and head for the refrigerator. Food was always his go-to method for dealing with the strain of his work. But during internship, if he made it home at all, he'd stagger to the shower. After a reasonable length of time, I'd check, and more often than not, he'd be there in all his glory, soaped from head to toe, leaning against the shower wall, sound asleep. He lost 15 to 20 pounds that godforsaken year. Not a healthy way to slim down.